Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 201 of the podcast. It's the 5th of November, 2019, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a great conversation with Erica Ellis, unschooling mom with two kids. We dive deep into the topic of self-care through the lens of unschooling, dispelling some myths and letting go of some of the more conventional shoulds about how to take care of ourselves. Erica shares so many practical, easy-to-use tips to help bring calm and peace to each moment. And I'd love to hear your favorite tips in the comments, so either on the post, on my website, or on YouTube. As a personal update, this week I've been busy doing some final prep for taking a couple of weeks off. That means you'll notice short intros for the next two episodes because I'll be recording them early. When I get back into things, I'll give you a more detailed update of what I've been up to. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, Camel Wajnia. Hi, Camel. I hope I didn't do too bad on your last name. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support Not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And I just sent out my inspirational desktop wallpaper for November. So if you're a patron, be sure to go grab that. And now let's dive into my conversation with Erica. Welcome. I'm Hamla Rickia from livingjoyfully.ca. And today I'm here with Erica Ellis. Hi, Erica. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Erica was on the podcast earlier this year with Tracy, and they were talking about their unschooling book club, which I had a lot of fun with. Um, She's also dug deeply into the topic of self-care, which is a valuable tool on the unschooling journey. So I'm really excited to chat with her about her experience. So I'm super excited too. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. I, yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. So to get us started, Erica, can you share with us just a bit about you and your family? Get everybody centered. Sure. So I live in Miami with my husband, Josh, and we have two kids. Oliver is 10 and Maya is eight. And I consider them to have been always unschooled, though I myself as an unschooling parent went through a long process of de-schooling. So my kids, I think, were always unschoolers. I was kind of a gradual unschooler, but um, we got there before school age. Um, My husband is a college professor. We met in film school, and so he teaches filmmaking now. I've had lots of different jobs in the past. The most recent, like right before Oliver was born, I was teaching high school science. Um, And now I just spend time with my kids. I sometimes am arranging homeschooling activities, sometimes just going to things other moms have planned. 
I also do some transcription work on the side, which I really love, and it's a lot of fun. Um, as a family, we really like video games, uh, board games, watching movies, especially really funny stuff, comedy. Um, swimming is really fun and traveling. And lately, the kids have been really into creating stories about the Five Nights at Freddy's characters, <laughs> which honestly, I, I can't really see like what they see in these characters, but it's been super creative and really fun to see how they've developed um, beyond what is just in the game. And I've been doing a lot of uh, recipe exploration. Oliver has asked me to make a couple of crazy things he found on the internet. So uh, last week I made the ultimate breakfast corn dogs, complete with uh, deep frying, <laughs> which I was like, what am I doing? But he was so happy that we tried that. Um, for me, it's usually more like plant-based recipes, but for him... <laughs> We'll go with breakfast corn dogs. Um, we just got a new computer recently, and that was so that Maya would be able to play Sims 4, um, which has a cats and dogs expansion. And so she's been making so many pets, and there's a limit for each family to only have seven, <laughs> seven <laughs> pets, which to her is like, why, why only seven dogs? And I'm like, it's a lot of dogs. So, <laughs> so that's been really fun, just kind of exploring a new game with her and then we love having play dates with our friends also that's awesome I loved hearing that that little snapshot of all the things because um you know when you think of it over over a week or two it seems pretty consistent right you know all, all this this food and and dogs on on sims and and stuff like that but yeah a after a few months when you take a moment to look back it's really fun to see all the different places they go isn't it Right. And it has changed. I mean, it really does just go from one thing to the next. And whenever I feel like, um, you know, they're going to be interested in this forever, this is our life forever, then <laughs> the next week it's, you know, it changes a little bit. And so it is fun to see and to look back on what they used to like and what we do now. Yeah, very cool. So let's dive right into the topic of self-care. <laughs> Um, it does come up regularly in unschooling discussions. And, you know, even through that lens, um, it can be quite different than the conventional self-care advice. Um, it takes a while to get to that point. You, you mentioned earlier, you know, how long our journey is, right? Because we've absorbed so much of um, the conventional view of things. And, and it's not about for me, anyway, the journey isn't about tossing all the conventional. It's like, oh, you're conventional. That's what everybody else does. So I'm not going to do that. That's not the point at all when we talk about that. Um, but it is about questioning it, right? It's about right. thinking thinking about it and saying, hey, does that work for me? Does that make sense? How is it for us, for my kids, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought we could start with uh, how you define self-care and why you feel it's an important thing to consider. Sure. Um, so the way I think of self-care is it's a routine or some actions that you could take to promote the functioning of your body, a feeling of well-being in your body, but also in your mind and in your spirit or your heart or your emotions. So there's a lot of different layers to it. It's all about developing a relationship with yourself 
which really reminds me of the same way that you would create a loving relationship with your child and putting that relationship first. It's about listening deeply to your body's messages and learning about what your own needs are so that you're able to be there for yourself and not get to a point of chronic stress and overwhelm. But I really think uh, it's important for a self-care plan to fit into your daily life And it can include a wide range of actions that could lead to a feeling of health and calm energy. And the reason I say calm energy is because you don't want to be in chronic stress, so you want to feel calm. But at the same time, you don't want to be so calm that you don't have energy to do, to feel alive and motivated to do the things that you want to do throughout your day. So it's a combination of calm and energy that I'm looking for. I want my body to feel strong and relaxed and comfortable. I want my mind to feel, you know, in the present moment and focused and calm, um, not racing with thoughts. And I want to feel a connection to the world, a connection to my family. So that kind of bigger picture feeling, um, like kind of more like a zoomed out perspective of life. So self-care to me is whatever leads me toward those feelings in my body and in my mind and in my spirit. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love the way you described that. And I I really like that distinction um, between energy and calm, right? Because that I kind of think I I, I'm just started reading a book last night uh, called, I think it's stillness is the key Ryan holidays Mm -hmm. new book. And it's about that, that stillness, that, that calm, that ability to kind of see a little bit bigger picture in the moment. But yeah, that doesn't mean a a step disconnected. It doesn't mean, you know, um, lower energy. The word that came to mind when you were talking about it was responsive, like engaged in the moment. I don't need to be like crazy racing thoughts, but to have the energy to be able to engage and respond to the people that are with me, that's really important too, right? Does that that make sense? Yeah, totally. Being able to respond instead of just having so much going on inside that you just react Mm. in a way that doesn't help anybody. So yeah, I think staying calm helps you have that grounding to be able to just do your life in a way that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads nicely to the next thing we wanted to talk about, which was mindset, right? Because that is, that is a, I think it's a really essential part of, of self-care. It's a lot of the self-care work day to day that I do as well is, is really in that mindset piece. Um, Was there a shift that you found valuable as you tried to weave your unschooling lives and self-care together? Yeah, definitely. I think my mindset has evolved in so many different ways through unschooling and de-schooling. One really big shift, I think, was against the cultural message that we get of needing to escape from our children in order to take care of ourselves. So I think it could be a really hard mindset to change because there's, you know, a lot of our cultures is giving us that message of mommy needs a break or mommy needs a vacation or, you know, even the little things of like a mini version of like, 
you know, coffee. I have to escape with my coffee or like, you know, have, is it wine o'clock yet or whatever? These <laughs> ideas of needing yeah. something in order to escape from our life with our kids. But if you're choosing a life of unschooling and really choosing to spend so much time with your kids, then self-care really has to be a part of that too. It needs to be a part of daily life with your children. Otherwise, there will be no way um, for it to have enough of an impact just to get away every once in a while. I would say there's nothing wrong with a mom's night out or with getaways or, you know, if someone offers you a spa day, take that. (laughs) But um, (laughs) the work in developing a pattern and a routine of self-care that is embedded in your days is so worth it because that's where you start to notice that every day feels manageable and every day feels better and you don't have that same desperate craving for escape, like I got to get out of here. Um, another mindset shift that, that I loved was stopping from seeing things as I have to do this to I'm choosing to do this, which I know you've talked about this a lot. Um, or even, I mean, as far as I get to do this, right? Like, um, having to do dishes versus choosing to do the dishes because I know that the feeling of having a clean kitchen is going to be so great for me and help me feel less overwhelmed. Or, you know, I'm preparing foods for different people in my family. That's a lot of work. But if I can look at preparing something for myself that is really nourishing and makes me feel good, and so I can choose to see that as a choice I make in order to take care of myself, and that's I feel like that mindset is huge. Oh, the the escape piece I think is a really great just clue that we can we can use for ourselves to notice when something's getting out because you know when things tumble right you know when we get into um, into our day or or things are feeling a little bit off kilter, you know, that's often because you got to do this and this and this and this and this, right? And it's hard sometimes to grab yourself for a moment just to become aware of how you're feeling when you're, when you feel like you're getting pulled all over the place. So yeah, I think that feeling of, of needing to escape is, is a great clue just to take a moment to check in with yourself, right? And see what's, see what's going on. But Again, that that is one of the big um, pieces of conventional wisdom around self care, right? Is that it needs to be done alone, right? right. You need to go off to be able to do that, and that was one of the big mindset shifts for me too. Uh, you know, a number of years ago now, but still, it was it was huge when I realized I could do little things like prepare the food that I like. Or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, once I realized that I didn't have to be by myself to take care of myself that way, (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden, when I started looking for things that I could do, oh, that would make me smile. Oh, gee, I realized there were so many things I could do that I didn't have to escape to accomplish and to just to have a smile in my day, just to feel a little boost of energy, you know, whatever it is that I felt that I was missing. It was amazing how I could get that with other people around, right? That That's a big surprise right. at first, isn't it? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I mean, it, you know, everybody's always like, you know, I need a day off or mommies never get a day off or, you know, that kind of thing. And 
I mean, it's true. And if you think about it like that, it could be really depressing and make you feel super stuck. Um, but if you just think of it the way you were suggesting at some point um, of that, it's, it's all your life, you know, like all these parts of yourself are you. And so you can take care of you during with all of this going on. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's not to, like you said, if, if you've got a spa day or an opportunity, you know, that, that, that is in no way meant to make anybody feel guilty about doing that stuff. Those, those are choices too and everything, but you don't have to wait. You know, the wait, it's like, right. Oh, I need one. I need one. I need one. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the hard part. That's what makes us miss, you know, I'm looking forward to something three weeks from now so I, I just keep wishing for that thing to come and I kind of lose those three weeks in anticipation, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't have yeah. to get stuck in that. Yeah. And the, uh, the other thing I like, and I love that you brought up that have to choose to kind of thing, because once you, you've released that pressure, maybe it is for, I need to be by myself for this then when you'd really like to go out and have coffee or wine or a mom's night out or whatever, you, you want it for itself. And you, I, I always feel like you can explain it better. It's not, you're not explaining it to your, your spouse, your partner, your kids as I need to get away from you so that mm-hmm. I can go spend time because I, I, I spend so much time with you. I need to go do this. No, you can just share the the fun of it. I'm really looking forward to seeing my friends for a while. You know, like like you look forward to your friends and et cetera. You can you can come at it not from that negative place, but you can share your excitement in being able to do it. You know what I mean? It's like night and day, even though it's the same thing, you're going out for coffee or, or whatever, but it's coming from such a nicer and more, more real. Is that a good way to put it? Like you've gotten to the point where you understand why you're choosing that, right? So that you can share your excitement with other people versus just like, Oh, I need some space. I need time to myself or whatever, you know, it's, it's just a whole different kind of conversation with your, with your family, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the connection that you have with your family then is more protected as well. Where if, you know, if you keep sending the message that you need to escape in order to feel good, (laughs) then your family will get that message and they'll be like, oh, you know, what's something special we could do for mommy? It's leave, you know, which is not really the message that I would want to give. It's happened in the past, you know, in moments when I felt really overwhelmed and just wanted peace and quiet, you know. It has happened, but then I realized like that's not the relationship that I want to have where the best thing they can give me is to go away from me, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I've never heard it put in those terms exactly before. <laughs> that's, that really brings it home, doesn't it? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with finding yourself in a moment where you need a little bit of quiet, right? But yeah, it's right. not okay. So in two weeks, I'm going to get that. It's like, hey, guys, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I need a little bit of quiet. You know, I'm going to go. Can I go in this? Like, it's something to problem solve with your kids in the moment when you're feeling it, right? Not right. not taking this and being martyrly about it for the next two weeks until you finally get that chance, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It won't be enough. No, that's right. That's right. 
Um, so let's dig in a little bit deeper, more specifically. Um, can you share some self-care activities or tools that we could find helpful or that you found helpful for releasing maybe that stress or that overwhelm in the moment and or maybe like just re-energizing so that you can re-engage in the moment? Sure. I was thinking maybe I would start by talking about the stress response and how that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, The chronic stress situation that's so common these days. So basically our bodies have two different aspects of our nervous system that helps us with survival. And it's really amazing. So we have one mode that's called sympathetic nervous system, which is meant to respond to a threat in the environment. So it's like that feeling of fight or flight, or some people say fight, flight, freeze, or submit. There's various ways uh, people describe it. But basically, it's your body and mind gearing up to face a threat which in the distant past would have probably been a physical threat, something like a predator, you know, someone wants to kill us. So very smartly, we automatically turn on this system, uh, the sympathetic mode that increases our heart rate, it increases our breathing rate, we stop digestion, because that would just be a waste of energy at this time. Um, We contract our muscles so that we're ready to run. It makes so much sense if you're being chased by a tiger you can escape. And once you've escaped, your breathing rate can slow down, your heart can slow down, your thinking brain can turn back on, your digestion can come back on, your muscles can relax. So that's called the parasympathetic nervous system. Everything calms down, the body and the mind can recover, and it's kind of a perfect system. But In the modern world, we're not talking about physical dangers coming at us. It's just all these little stresses, just little things like we had to wait in line or people were bothering us or, you know, there's too much noise or we're thinking about something that could happen in the future or the news is telling us about all the problems all over the world. And so there's so many different things that could trigger that fight or flight system to kick in that it just doesn't ever stop. It's not like the tiger chases us and then it's gone. It's just this constant thing. So the unfortunate thing is that if your body is in that sympathetic state, it's not in the parasympathetic state. It can't do both. So you can't be fighting and flighting and calming yourself or digesting at the same time. You just can't do it. And so if you're stuck in that, that's what people would call chronic stress is being stuck in that fight or flight mode for more time than your body can really handle. And you get that fatigue or nervousness or uh, problems with digestion, body aches and pains from being, you know, your muscles tense so much of the time. Um, And then having your brain, you know, overactive or buzzing, not able to think clearly, all that kind of stuff. So um, the good thing is that there are a lot of tools that work for most people to trigger yourself back into a calm parasympathetic response. So to turn off the stress, turn on the calm response. Um, And I've really taken a lot of time to try to figure this out over the last few years because it's been a huge interest of mine. Um, I found that going outside is really huge, just being in nature, seeing the sky. Um, I think I really noticed that at first when my kids were babies. I felt like it really helped the babies to calm down when they were having, you know, that upset feeling. Um, But that is still a really big one. 
the breath is an amazing tool for calm um, because it sends a message to your brain that things are okay if you're able to breathe slowly, right? Because you can't run away from a tiger and breathe slowly at the same time. So it's, it's just a message. So if you can inhale and then exhale very slowly, maybe double the length of the inhale, that is a, a signal right away to the brain that things must be safe if you're able to control your breath that well. Um, another one I've seen people do is alternate nostril breathing, where you cover one nostril, breathe in, switch, breathe out with the other nostril. So you're kind of creating this cycle of your breathing. So you breathe like breathe in through the left, out through the right in the right, out through the left, and you kind of block the other nostril with your finger or thumb. Um, I'm not sure why that works so well, but it really is huge for anxiety. It's not so, um, it's more conspicuous <laughs> than just doing the, the uh, slow exhale. But, you know, in moments at home, it's totally doable. And even out in public, it's probably doable. <laughs> I mean, people have a lot of people have at least heard of it, so it's not too weird. Um, so those have been really big. In yoga, all of these are called pranayama. So if you look up that, you can find other breathing techniques. Um, I've also found a lot of success in increasing my well-being through my food choices. That's another thing you're going to do anyway, like breathing, eating. Yeah. So I might as well make choices that are helping my body feel better. Um, so like that feel good chemical serotonin, you need the precursors in order to even be able to make it. So if you're not, if your diet is not including enough of the precursors to make the feel good neurotransmitters, you literally can't feel good. <laughs> and so for me, increasing leafy greens has really been a, a helpful one. Um, plenty of fruits and veggies, making sure to stay well hydrated. I've also done checking my um, a couple of my vitamins like vitamin B and magnesium to make sure that those levels were good. Um, so that has been really big. Um, let's see what else. Oh, like essential oils. So for some reason, I'm not sure why these work, but lavender and other calming oils, like they really do immediately make your brain go, oh, I could be calm. This is all right. Like, I'm not quite sure about why that works, but it really does. And citrus smells could be super uplifting, make me feel joyful. Lavender is very relaxing. Mint is like a really kind of awakening or invigorating smell. So that would be something really easy to include in a daily routine, you know, with kids around, because all you have to do is smell it. And then, you know, that sends a little message of, all right, we can calm down. Um, and then moving, I have to mention moving around because that's, I mean, everybody knows exercise is good for you, but it really, on days when I have been in a routine of moving throughout the day uh, or taking walks every day, there is this clarity of mind and this calmness that can happen that doesn't if I spend most of my time sitting around. And I found that I have a Fitbit, um, the watch but I know some other watches will do it too, where it will buzz you if you haven't moved enough in the hour, yep. you know, so that throughout the whole day <laughs> you're getting up and moving. Cause it's not about like just one little 
episode of movement throughout your whole day, that won't be enough to get the effects of moving throughout the day. So um, when I do that, I do have more energy throughout the day and feel much better. Um, Digestive issues really are helped by that. Anxiety is really helped by that too, I think. Plus, movement is something that most kids are pretty into. So you could usually include kids in things like dance parties or going outside for a walk or run. Um, even if they don't want to dance with me, I think I think it's worth doing the random dance parties. You know, it's a little bit entertaining for everyone. So either they're doing it too, or they're just looking at me like I'm crazy, but you know, it's maybe an entertainment for them for me to do that. No, I think um, one thing. Yeah, go ahead. Here I go. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want, didn't want you to lose your list, but, but um, that was a great point that I just wanted to emphasize is that, you know, it's not, it's not that we need to, we need our kids to do these things with us, right? It's, it's not the, right. oh, you know, this is good for me. Therefore it's good for everybody. Therefore they need to come out on a walk with me every day. You know, that's, not we don't need to approach it that way, right? When we bring our unschooling lunch right. to it, everybody's choosing what's what's feeling good for them in the moment. There's no reason you can't mention it to them unless they feel like you're trying to pressure them. It depends on where your trust and connection <laughs> is in that moment, right? Um, right. But you know, offering it up. But I love the dance party idea, right? Because we can get our movement needs met while while still literally being in the room with them if they would like us to be around and we don't even need like you've got your headphones on there right you can put headphones Mm -hmm. on put music on and dance around and move or stand up and march in place while you're watching them play or or do whatever it is they're doing if they want you know that's the creative piece it's not the you know the martyrly piece well i can't leave them because they want me to you know do xyz or whatever you know and that i right. like sometimes without even realizing it we can be using that as as a bit of an excuse um and i say we don't even realize it because you know we want to support our kids we want to do those things but also this self care piece is about also considering our needs right as well and truly truly in the end i i i can't remember a time when i haven't managed to figure out a way where we can all get our needs met you know in if not in that literal right. moment like within the next couple hours within the next day whatever you know we can figure out a path forward so it's okay to bring our needs I was going to say bring them up. I mean, it all depends on on your kids, right? And your relationship and how, if they like to talk a lot or if they don't or whatever. If you just start marching in uh, in the spot or whatever or some jumping jacks or whatever just gets the blood flowing, you know, maybe they'll ask or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's it's you meeting your needs, right? Right. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what what the response is and yeah. I love that point that that you are not expecting them to to be doing the same thing as you and and that's huge but just seeing me do it is it kind of opens up an idea for them of well what do I feel like doing also exactly um, so I had that. I only have two okay yeah go go <laughs> okay two more before I forget them. Yeah. So the <laughs> one that I 
added pretty recently was a daily meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And I know I've heard other moms talk about using this as well, but I find it so helpful in uh, becoming less reactive, like we were talking about earlier, and to be able to experience you know, all the things that happen during the day in a mindful way. Um, and so this is something I've experimented with over the last few years. And I've tried, there's a bunch of apps yeah. that I've tried. And I would say that everything I've tried, I've learned something from it. So I feel like it's worth just kind of, you know, going out there and, and trying it out. But um, it right now, I feel like that's one of the most exciting parts of my self-care because it's. I just feel like I'm learning so much. And the more that I learn, the more that I love it and the more that I kind of look forward to doing that every day. And then the last one I have to mention is sleeping uh, because that's one that a lot of moms, I feel like, tend to give up on the possibility of getting good sleep or getting enough sleep. It's just kind of like a thing. Like when you have kids, uh, you know, yeah. I'm never going to get enough sleep. But I don't think it's it's something that you should give up on because even a slight improvement could make a huge difference. And, you know, the average person probably could use eight hours of sleep a night. Um, maybe you're only getting six hours of sleep a night and you know you could use a little bit more. But then at night, you know, oh, it's like nice and cozy and quiet. Maybe I'll just watch some more shows or maybe I'll play my Connect 3 game a little bit more or maybe, you know, scroll through Instagram. And the time can just go away while you are making a choice to do that. This is me too. I'm talking to myself here. (laughs) I've done this as well. But, but, you know, figuring out, well, how much sleep really does make me feel good, which for me is probably about nine hours, and then try to figure out, well, what would I need to do to make that happen? And, you know, putting my best effort towards that, making that a priority, rather than just figuring it's too hard to do better and giving up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, focused on the sleep thing as in, you know, I've been getting up early. So, but I did, I worked backwards to see, you know, and I've been for the last year or so I've been going to bed a good hour, hour and a half before I used to. And then, and then even when I had younger kids, you know, it was okay. I would go lie down with them and I would go to sleep. Like for a few years, it didn't matter where I slept, you know, whether when we were playing musical beds or whether they were in with us or wherever it was, or, you know, if it was a couch, you know, I would get my sleep that way. It's like, okay, I'll just sleep here. And whenever I wake up, I can move wherever else I need to go or whatever. So yeah, I, I really like that. Um, just playing with sleep, I guess is a, is a way because, you know, and that's another thing that I'm not so good at is trying to um, give myself rules because then it takes the choice out of my hand. Okay, yeah, I know I chose to say I want to be in bed by such and such a time, but, you know, I almost uh, resist my own kind of rules that way. But I can I can have a little reminder that says, hey, you know, uh, do you want to start getting ready for bed? You know, maybe maybe a little alarmy thing that goes off, and that's the same. Want to get ready for bed now or whatever? Um, 
because then I remember it's my choice and I remember why I'm wanting to make that choice. And it's like, oh, I get to. Remember you were talking about that before. You get beyond yeah. the have to, choose to. I get to start. Look, I, I can do that now, right? Uh, so it, it really changes over time, but it's it's fun to play with. See how how can I make this work for me? And this goes for all of the tools, right? How might I be able to make this work for me now? I love that you mentioned. Really, I think all of. Yeah, go ahead. Mention what? Oh, breathing, because because I mentioned to you before the call too that I had been doing <laughs> yes. big breaths, like because today has been been a busy day, <laughs> um, right. and I was starting to feel overwhelmed in a few moments. So, like that deep breath and that explanation that your body can't be in that fight or flight response and breathing slowly. That made so much sense to me. I really love that. And the essential yeah. oils thing. Uh, I have so many pieces. <laughs> because you know what I did a few months ago? I, I picked up like a, a bracelet that has like the little beads to put essential oils in yeah. so that you can just grab a quick breath. And um, when Lissy was home over Christmas, she was going through a bit of a challenging time too. And I picked her up a bracelet and bought her, you know, a little essential oil mix and she loved it. And, you know, it's just, again, when we were saying like in the moment, if you can notice for a second, you can take that deep breath, you can take a little sniff because then it doesn't feel like, oh, then I got to go get the diffuser and I got to go do this. Like, all the different things, if, if we can make it as easy as we can for ourselves in the moment, like when we have some time, think about it and set ourselves up. Because when you're in a stressful moment, you don't have that time to do the setup, right? You're like, you're here <laughs> and you, need, right? you want to quickly get down. So if you have to do a bunch of things until to set yourself up for it, it's so much more challenging in the moment. But the more you can organize and like go searching through some meditation apps so that when you want, okay, I need, I would like to take a couple of minutes, you have, you know what to, to press or you know where, where you might want to go sit or any of those things to have all that prepared for yourself. Like that's, for me, that's a big part of the self-care too is in a calm time, like we talk about with our kids, right? To talk through things in a calm time and make a plan for the stressful time. It's the same thing for me with that self-care piece is in a relaxed moment when I've got an opportunity to do that, to think about what might I like to try? What might I like to play with next time I'm hitting a wall? And to have that all set up for myself so that it's like, oh, this is one of those chances. And then I can go right to whatever it was, whether it's trying that essential oil or trying that two minutes of meditation. Because like, it doesn't need to be a long piece of time, does it? That's, that's kind of no. one of the points that you were making is that these can be like a few deep breaths, a few, uh, try that nostril, alternate nostril breathing. <laughs> Oh, you gotta try it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, unless you have nasal congestion, it's not so great. As you're talking, all these little other ideas are popping in my mind, and you're right. Like having the 
attitude of play. That's, that's what it's all about with all of these, because it's all kind of experimenting and trying different things. But um, I was reading a book that mentioned if you're feeling angry and overwhelmed to look up. And I tried that and I was like, whoa, that's an easy one that really works quickly too. Because there's something about like you're getting too focused on something and you get overwhelmed. You just look up and your brain goes, oh, there's more than just what's going on right here. Something like that. But that one was really huge. Um, just like splashing cold water on your face or washing your face with warm water, depending on how you're feeling. That's something to play around with. Drinking a glass of water. That's something that my kids mentioned to me when I seem to be getting overwhelmed, that maybe I might need a glass of water and that could help a lot too. Um, so yeah, these things could be tiny and just like kind of regular things that you could do anytime. So yeah. Well, and and actually, we we kind of dove right into the next question, didn't we? Um, which was we finding did. ways to to fit self care activities into our unschooling days. And yeah, that that's been a big piece. And you know, when you mentioned your kids have been um, saying, you know, maybe you want a glass of water, mom. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's our next question, which was, have your kids been absorbing? <laughs> Some ideas about self-care. I love when our conversations just naturally flow through the questions. (laughs) (laughs) We were trying to put those questions together, so it makes sense. Um, I loved that piece because, you know, that's us taking care of ourselves while our kids are around. It's not that we need to go off like we were talking before. I don't need to go hide to do these things. You can still meditate with your kids playing there in the room. That is a great part of it, too. It's not that you need total silence for, for, you know, to do things like that, to sit and take a deep breath for a couple of minutes, any of those things. Um, And when they see you doing them, they're curious, what are you doing? Oh, just, you know, and a quick explanation. Um, Maybe, maybe asking if they want to participate in, in certain situations, you know, you, you know your kids and the moment, so you, you'll get a feel for when it might be something helpful to mention or or not or something to bring up later on, that kind of stuff. But it becomes part of living, right? It becomes part of our self-awareness, part of seeing ourselves and as an example for our kids as well and helping them talk through their moments and just tools and ideas we can suggest for them, right? Right. Totally. Yeah. My kids are used to seeing me do what I call, I've started calling my morning routine now, which is I try to start when I wake up, I drink water. And then after that, I drink a veggie juice that I make like a green juice. Then I try to do my meditation after that. And I try to do some kind of stretching after that. But the funny thing is that sometimes I'll I'll tell my husband, like, I'm doing my morning routine now and it's like 4 or 5 p.m. But it's just because I didn't get to it yet. You know, I have to be super flexible about when it happens. Because if we're going out or if I need to make them breakfast or whatever, you know, maybe I didn't get to it. But it's still important to me. And so I still will do the meditation at some point. I still am calling it my morning routine because everyone knows what I mean. Um, But since they, they see me doing that on a regular basis, they know that it doesn't take that long. They kind of know what to expect. 
they know that they could interrupt me if they really need something, or sometimes they ask me to take a break and, you know, help them and come back for it. But it does, you know, either way, it's fine with me because I can always press pause. I can always come back to it. I can go back and forth between the two. But the more consistent I am about doing it, the more it makes sense to them. It doesn't surprise them. So I'm not thinking about my self-care activities as being more important than the things that they need in that moment. But I also am not thinking of it as being less important. We're just all choosing things to meet our needs. And I feel like maybe it was Anna Brown who said there's plenty of time was one of her mantras to calm herself down. There's always, there's enough time, plenty of time. Don't have to worry about that. So that's something I think about a lot. You know, when I feel like you're not letting me meditate, it's like (laughs) we have the whole day, you know, like I could get to it later and it's okay. And we have, there's plenty of time. Um, yeah. And then it flows, right? It flows through your day. Right. Totally. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention that the way that I'm making the different food for all of us, because that can definitely be triggering. Um, but I'm trying to think of it. And most of the time I'm able to think of it as it's okay, or even better than okay, that we're all making different food choices because we all have different bodies and we all are different ages and we all have different levels of activity. And so of course it would make sense that we're all eating different things. So cooking things for me, I just am thinking of as a wonderful way to take care of myself. And on days when it feels like a lot, I could keep it simple. Or maybe if Josh is home and we have more time together, we could cook something more elaborate then, or maybe even cook something over the weekend that I could keep in the fridge to have during the week, something that really makes me feel good. Um, so the past couple of years, Josh and I have been experimenting with eating more whole food plant-based type eating, which feels really good to me. But that has also opened up a lot of really cool discussions with the kids about food and about listening to your body and making decisions about what to eat based on how your body feels. And I've noticed that the way that they're talking now about food is a lot aligned with that, you know, saying that it feels really good when they eat this, which I mean, for them might be some candy, but you know, they, they are listening to their bodies and saying, you know, this makes me feel great when I eat it and I want to have it again for next week. And so then I've also talked about, I've made sure to talk about how tastes and preferences change over time. And that, you know, just because this is what they like now doesn't mean they always will because, you know, as a kid, I loved those same foods that they like now. And now I'm feeling like my body really craves veggies. And so, you know, they they won't be surprised if later on they start to crave things that they thought they didn't like. Yeah, I love that. I, it's funny. I must. I mentioned that I think a couple of days ago. Maybe I was talking to Joseph, and I said uh, I had a nice big. Yeah, I was making a nice big plate of Brussels sprouts, of sautéed Brussels sprouts, <laughs> and I was just laughing. Um, And I mentioned, oh, I could not stand these growing up, you know, no matter how many times, you know, my mom made them or tried, you know, to to see for me to try them and see if I like them, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I just love them so much now and I couldn't stand them for, you know, 30 years. (laughs) But that's it, you know, 
and and that's just the pieces of sharing our lives with our kids is is sharing those little observations um, about ourselves and and then you know he just laughed and and sometimes they'll pop in with oh yeah I used to really dislike this and now I like this or you know it's just noticing these pieces about ourselves and sharing them with each other because that and then then. It's just another point of connection, isn't it, with them? You know, even if it's, even if they just laugh, even if they, you know, in a moment don't really take it in. Sometimes you don't think your kids even notice the things that you're saying. And then I'll say it's a good time to um, just pay attention to see whether or not maybe they would prefer you not. Because I know sometimes I say, sometimes it's, it's been, there have been times when it's been valuable for me to not say much, right? That's the thing with unschooling. You really have to kind of preface everything that you say because it's all about the moment. It's all about the individuals, right? So it's all. <laughs> so yes, it's been very connecting to point these bits out uh, uh, about life, about the food, about how we feel. You know, sharing those tidbits, and then it's also okay if. Because I don't want anybody. To, oh, my kid hates when I mention those things. They don't want the well. Then, then don't. It's okay. It doesn't mean because again, like there's there's time. There's always time. There's years, and we don't we don't even need to talk about you know. There's eighteen years. No, you know we're in a relationship for life with our kids, and if they're thirty years old when they discover they like Brussels sprouts, that's okay. That's perfectly okay. Because that's what that's I want really to try. Them, right. I mean, that's that's the lovely thing too is that I guess I call them seasons. Lizzie used to not like if I used the word phase, you know, you're going through a phase. And I really agreed with her because she's like, then if you, if people say it's a phase that I'm going through, then it diminishes my, my passion for that because it presupposes that it's going to end. And I thought, wow, that is a really good point. You know, you may love that forever. It may not be a thing. It's also usually if they say phases, it's kind of hoping that it will end, which is really kind of rude. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To the child going through it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was noticing with uh, Maya, she has started having her own morning routine. Uh So that includes she likes to get dressed right away and have her hair fixed. And then she likes to wash her face, she said, because it feels really good. And then I noticed in the last week, Oliver also said that he had a morning routine, though he didn't have much details about it. But they are like, they do it not because, I mean, they would never do it because I tell them to, but they did it because it just seemed like a good idea to them. And then I also love that Oliver will ask me really deep questions a lot. Like he will ask me, do you have to do yoga or do you want to? And I'm like, hmm, I like that. Cause now you're thinking about, you know, that, that that's what it's all about to, to want to do it and to be choosing the things that make you feel good. And so I say, I want to, and he says, why? Because to him, it makes no sense. And I'm like, well, to me, it makes my body feel really good after I'm done. And it also makes me feel relaxed. And he's like, oh, you know, and just kind of takes that idea with him. 
And I love that because I, then I notice, you know, like we were at the park one day and he was running as fast as he could and coming back and saying, I'm out of breath now. And I really like how that feels. I'm going to do it again. And so then he did it again, you know, just to get that feeling. And so uh, then we were talking about like, well, then, you know, maybe we should do that more often or, you know, just kind of trying to include the things that make make us feel great. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Those conversations, right? That I guess that that really is the whole point, right, of, of self-care is to take the time to figure out for yourself right? And, and live it. Like, that's what we're talking about. You know, learning is a lifelong thing. Self-care is a lifelong thing. Um, becoming aware of how you're feeling and what you're thinking and all that kind of stuff. Like, that is part of, of life, part of living, I guess, engaged rather than doing, rather than all the expectations, right? <laughs> Look, they're both ease engaged versus expectations, right? Just doing what, like, because we can even put those expectations, like, that's what he was saying. Why are you doing that? Do you, do you want to do it or do you have to do it? That's the whole expectation versus choice thing, right? I mean, I love that he's just seeing it right there in the yoga because that happens to be something that I, at this moment, anyway, it sounds like he feels he wouldn't choose to do. And so it's curious to him that you're choosing it. And I think that's just amazing. What, what a fun conversation to have. And there's no expectation of the things that we're choosing um, that they should be choosing something or an equivalent or whatever, whatever. It's that we're thinking about things and making choices. End of story, right? Right. And, and playing with them and, mm-hmm. to see because yeah. it can change over time. Right. And they do change over time. Yeah. And sometimes in the past, I've been kind of embarrassed about how I go from one thing to another thing to another thing. But the way that what it has in common is me following what feels good to me and trying to figure out what works for me. And so it really shouldn't be an embarrassing thing to to go from program to program, as long as I'm continuing to, you know, find ways I like to move, find ways I like to eat, you know, find things that make my brain feel great or whatever it is. (laughs) You know, I love that just the way you phrased that. Um, I've been playing with yoga as well. And there's the, I don't know if you've come across the yoga with Adrian channel on YouTube. She's my favorite. (laughs) I know. Me too. But her, her <laughs> phrase, her catchphrase, tag phrase, whatever, is find what feels good. Right? right? <laughs> and that's perfect. That's exactly it, right? And, and that exploration can, can just keep going. And that's, that's the exciting thing too, right? I mean, yeah, I get past the embarrassment of, well, and I think that's a great lesson even for ourselves like you were saying that I keep changing that I keep moving on to something different and something different it's like oh can't I ever figure myself out but no you know we are always growing and changing and and that's just a whole part of it like that that is that's gonna happen you know even mm-hmm. even if we're kind of doing the same things like we're still exploring it more deeply you know, 
it's not going to, when it becomes rote or routine, that's when it becomes kind of boring and, and our mind wants to move on. So whether we are going to dive deeper or we're going to expand into something else, we're not going to stagnate, I think is probably if we're paying attention to ourselves, you know, <laughs> or else it's an expectation that we're meeting. It's like, Oh, I got to do this again. I got to do this again. And yeah, that really, that really throws it all off. It's not as fulfilling anymore. Is it when it becomes, right. yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> taking the time to speak with me today. Eric. I really appreciate all the thought and information that you put into it because I, I really love this topic and I think, it's going to uh, really connect with a lot of people. So thank you so much. Oh, good. I mean, it's the combination of basically my two favorite things. So I was really <laughs> excited to get to do this. Oh, yay. I love it. I love it. Um, before we go, if people would like to connect with you online, how can they do that? Well, I'm on Facebook. I have a local group on there called South Miami Unschoolers. So if anyone's in the South Florida area. That's that. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I'm hello, Erica Ellis. Um, I can also maybe give you a list of books or resources that have helped me. If you want to put them in the show notes to share, maybe that will be helpful to listeners who want to expand their practices. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I'll definitely put those in the show notes. Thank you very much and have a great day. Have you done your morning routine yet today? Of course not, Pam. I was doing. I was getting ready for this call. All right. To be honest, I've had my water and had my juice, but it ended there so far. I will continue. Well, enjoy and continue with the flow of your day. Thank you very much. You Have too. fun. Bye. I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.